Jesus is alive and well. He is Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 85. Psalm 85. And we're going to look at verses uh, 6 through 12. And uh, I'm going to look at it from the Amplified. He says, Will not thou revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Well, thanksgiving is an earmark of revival, and also having a spirit of thanksgiving, rejoicing. Verse 7, show us your mercy and your loving kindness, O Lord, and grant unto us your salvation. Amen. And so salvation is also an earmark of revival. Understand this, when true Bible, biblical, Holy Ghost rain falls, not only will the precious fruit of the earth come into the kingdom of God, but people that are sick will be touched and be made whole by God's power. Everyone say healing power. The mercy of the Lord in manifestation. Verse 8, he said, I will listen with expectancy to what God the Lord will say, and he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, those who are in right standing with him, but let them not turn again to self-confident folly. In a time of revival, you want to hear from heaven. I believe this, when you are really drawing near to God and you're coming close to him, you'll be able to see more clearly and you'll be able to hear more clearly. I think that it's our responsibility to remove the weights and the distractions of this age which hold us down in the natural realm when we really should be soaring in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. And verse 9 says, Surely His salvation is near to those who reverently and worshipfully fear Him and is ready to be appropriated that the manifest presence of God or His glory may tabernacle or rest and abide in our land. Everyone say, in our land. Now, that's a key thing that's very important. Yes, there's revival in Africa. Yes, there's revival in Korea. Yes, there's revival in Indonesia. But what about the United States of America? I believe that the glory of God can bring the manifest presence of God right here in the good old USA. How many of you are contending for that with me? Amen. Verse 10, mercy and loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Verse 11, truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase or our land will yield a mighty harvest. Now, how many have ever heard of a man by the name of Charles Finney? He was a revivalist in decades or days past. I believe in honoring what God has done in the past and taking a close look at some of the characteristics of the past so that we don't miss any bases in the present. Amen? But I want to read something that he said concerning the move of God and revival. He said, The prevalence of a mighty spirit and of prevailing prayer was a major characteristic of revival. I think it's interesting. He said, all such widespread outpourings of the Spirit have their beginnings in a movement of prayer that is motivated and guided and coordinated by the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, motivated Motivated. by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. No human research can discover all the springs and streams of prayer that converge into such a mighty river of blessing. 
Oh, hallelujah. Prolonged and prevailing prayer has continued in many hearts unseen by human eyes, but gathered together into the current of the Spirit's preparation of the way of the Lord. So no church, no man is going to get the glory for revival. Revival is about the people of God, not about an evangelist, not about a church. It is about the people of God having new life breathed into them to the point where they're so hungry for God that God just does awesome things in them and awesome things through them. Amen. Everyone say revival in this place. But notice Finney said, it became a result of a mighty prevalence of a movement of prayer. Now, Jesus said something that's very important. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So the number one characteristic, I believe, that Jesus wants in this house, because it is his house, he desires us to have a spirit of prayer, experiencing a movement of prayer, thus having the reins of the spirit flow abundantly and having his will being done in us and through us to the community, the nation, and the world that we live in. Somebody said amen. Now, I can remember years ago, Brenda and I, in 1987, went to Seoul, Korea. We went with Pastor Dick Burnell and some other pastors, Reverend Ron Canole, you've heard of him. We went over there to the Church Growth International Meeting. On a Wednesday afternoon, we were so taken back when we went to one of their services. Pastor Burnell was to speak. We walked in there, and there was about 25,000 people in that church house praying and seeking God. Calling out to God. No wonder they have 800,000 members in their church. It's like a sea of humanity. But it did not come as a result, you know, of Dr. Cho's great preaching. He is a great preacher. But it came as a result of people giving themselves to prayers and fasting and moving with the Holy Spirit in the spirit of prayer. Isn't that awesome? And then on Friday, at the end of the church growth seminar, we were brought up to Prayer Mountain. Well, Prayer Mountain is right on the border of North Korea and South Korea. And man, we walked into one of the prayer rooms and it looked like 2,000, 3,000 people with prayer mats on the floor, just seeking God, calling out to God, and praying for God to be God in the midst of their situation. It was so awesome. It had such an impact upon us that we carried that torch back to the United States. And in the 80s, praise God, my, did we have a movement of prayer in this church. As a result of the movement of prayer and of the spirit of prayer, we started experience increase on every side. We were able to get buildings. People were being added to the church. Lives were being changed. Bodies were being healed. It's time for us to recapture that spirit of prayer and that movement of prayer so that our latter days can be as on fire as our former days and even more on fire. Who will join me in a spirit of prayer and in a movement of prayer? So prayer really then sets the level of where you go in God in your individual life. But prayer also sets the level of where a ministry or a church can go. Look at prayer this way. Prayer is a seed that you and I get to sow. The Bible says God is not mocked, but whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
We are in a season of planting seeds. We are in a season of asking for the Lord of rain in the time of the latter rain. Amen? So I want you to open your Bibles to James chapter 5. And let's notice in verse 7 and in verse 8. James the 5th chapter, verse 7. James chapter 5 verse 7 says this. Be patient therefore... Unto the coming of the Lord. I'm going to wait for it until it gets there. James, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Well, I'm going to have to look at it in my Bible. Oh, it keeps coming and going. Okay. All right, we're doing okay. Everybody breathe. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandman. The father is, a, is typified in this scripture as a farmer. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And he has long patience for it. Until what? Until he receives the early and the latter rain. Now, I want you to just keep that up there for a few moments. And I want to talk to you about... One of the areas that I believe that the body of Christ is very ignorant in, and I'm not calling you ignorant, but I'm saying the body of Christ in general is very ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. You know, they think the word of wisdom is going to college and having wisdom. Well, I believe in going to college, but that's not the word of wisdom. And, uh, you know, gifts of healings are doctors and so forth. Thank God for doctors. But gifts of healings are out beyond medical science. It's a supernatural intervention of the power and presence of God into a body that's ailing, bringing forth health and healing. Amen? So that's one area. And the Bible says we are not to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. But another area that's been my observation that the body of Christ has been very ignorant in is about the coming of the Lord. Are the return of the Lord. I mean, so much ignorance to the degree that people literally put best-selling books on the market to Christians who buy it hook, line, and sinker about books like 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. How many of you remember that? About two of you. Well, that means we're going younger here. Glory. Generations. But did you notice Jesus didn't come back in 1988? And then recently, you know, there's a man in Oakland who mathematically and scientifically tried to prove that Jesus was coming back sometime last year. Did you notice he hasn't come back yet? And then there's some tribe down in Peru or something, the Mayan Indians. They say something's going to happen on December something so or another where we're all going to be thrust into outer space. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think the Mayan Indians can predict the end of the world. And so there's so much ignorance and there's so much diversity on, you know, pre-wrath, rapture of the church, this, that, and the other. You know what? I just narrowed it down to this. He's coming. I just narrowed it down to the fact Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. And something needs to happen before he comes. Because he says he's waiting. And the Bible says he's got long patience for the precious fruit of the earth. Until he receives now, what? The early and the latter rain. Very interesting. The early and the latter rain. Now, in between services, 
I uh, pointed something out and looked something up. And I want you to turn to Hosea chapter 6, if you would. Hosea, the sixth chapter. And notice with me a verse of scripture over there in chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. How many of you know that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years? Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. This is, how can you sleep during this? I don't get it. You know, if you need to go home, go to bed, go to bed. You know, but wow. Shandai. Shandai see me. Tie my bow tie. Hallelujah. I don't understand that. Wow. Glory. Everyone say glory three times. Glory. 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 Now. Yeah, you know, there's an admonition in the word of God. Don't sleep in harvest. <laughs> now. Before we look at Hosea chapter 6, verse uh, 2 and 3, I want to quote something from the book of Peter. Peter says, one day with the Lord is as what? One day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as what? One day. How long has it been since Jesus gave his life and rose from the dead victorious? It's been over 2,000 years, right? Now look at, now Hosea chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, is not only talking about the nation of Israel, but there is a prophetic picture here for the body of Christ. Notice with me, and after two days, or after 2,000 years, what will he do to the church? He will revive us. He will quicken us, heal us, and he will give us life. Woo, glory to God. Notice what, after two days, he's going to do that. You know that we're in that after two days right now? We're the only generation to be living in the third day. Woo, glory to God. We're at the beginning of the third day, but oh, glory to God. We can expect him to revive us, to quicken us, and to give us life. And then notice with me, on the third day, he'll raise us up that we may live before him. That means he's coming soon. On the third day, before the coming of the Lord, glory to God, there's going to be a revival in the land. There's going to be a revival in the church. There's going to be revival in the world. And then, and only then, will he raise us up. I'm a firm believer that every person needs to hear the gospel. And I believe with all my heart that God wants to populate heaven. You know, a lot of these preachers that preach fire and hell and damnation, you know, I'm telling you what, I believe that God is greater and God is bigger. And before the trumpet sounds, I believe that more people will be going to heaven than will be going to hell. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And people will end up in that place called Hades. But you know what? My heavenly father doesn't delight in the fact that people are going to spend eternity in hell. He doesn't, he won't have a smile on his face when the bottomless pit is opened up. No, it will grieve the heart of God. Why is that? Because he delights in mercy. Listen, friends, heaven's a real place. Make sure you go there. Hell's a real place. Make sure you don't go there. Need I say it again? But after two days, whoo, glory to God, he's going to revive us. After two days, he's going to revive us. And on the third day, whoo, he's going to raise us up. Now notice with me in verse 3. We're heading somewhere here today. Verse 3. And don't misunderstand me one iota. When the rains fall like they're going to fall, 
it will not only impact the earth, but it'll impact your life. You'll have more joy than you've ever had before. Chronic diseases, things you've had to stand against for years, glory to God, is going to be dissolved by the glory of God. Oh, glory to God. Relationships are going to be repaired. Now notice with me in verse 3. Yes, let us know. Let us recognize and be acquainted with. Let's not be ignorant and understand him. Let us be zealous to know the Lord, to appreciate, to give heed to, and to cherish him. Now here's what I want you to see. His going forth is prepared and certain as the dawn. Just like the sun came up in the morning, his going forth is certain as the dawn. Amen? And he will come to us as lightweight rain. No, thank God, he's coming to us as the heavy rain. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. He's going to come to us as the heavy rain. Now notice, as the latter rain that waters the earth. Now notice with me. We read in James 5, verse 7, he says, I want you to be patient unto the coming of the Lord. For the heavenly farmer, the husbandman, is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth until... He receives the early and the latter rain. Now, I looked this up in a commentary. This will help you to see it even more clearly. The early and latter rain, the rain of seed time and the rain of ripening right before harvest. The first fell in Judea about the beginning of November after the seed was sown. And the second towards the end of April when the ears were filling and this prepared for a full harvest. Without these two rains, the earth would have been unfruitful. These God promised that I will give you the rain of your land in due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that you may gather your corn, your wine, and your oil. Now listen. But for these, they were to wait patiently, not only to wait patiently, but also to pray. As the scripture says, ask you of the Lord for rain. Now notice, in the time of the latter rain. This is the time that you and I are in right now. The former rain technically already fell on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Ghost came as a rushing mighty wind to take charge of the church, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke in other tongues. They got so drunk in the Holy Ghost that they were on the streets walking and leaping and praising God. And from that place of Pentecost, they went forth and they changed the world. And they turned a world that was upside down, right side up. Amen. And you talk about awesome and glorious and wonderful things happening. That was the former rain. But now you speed forth years and years, a couple thousand years. Now we're in the time of the latter rain. Oh, hallelujah. And God is going to outdo what he did in the former rain. You think it was awesome back there? Whoa, glory to God. Just wait until the rain, the heavy rain falls. We're going to have signs, wonders, miracles. Lives are going to be changed. Governments are going to be turned around. And the glory of the Lord shall be seen in the whole earth. There was a guy from the Midwest, I believe he was. And he was having a conversation with a good friend of mine. And they were talking about the early and the latter rain. 
And he says, let me do a little study on this. So we went to a university and talked to some people. And so the early rain, you see, prepares the soil for the receptivity of the seed. Is that correct? And he said, now around the time, uh, we need a good inch and a half of rain for that. But you speed forth several months when it's harvest time, when it's ripe. We need about 13 and a half inches during that time. The early church, an inch and a half. The latter church, 13 and a half. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you got you to gotta get a picture of this. You got to understand that. They were somewhat limited by the geographical area they were in. Now we are unlimited. We are all over this earth. We are in Africa, America, Asia, north, south, up, down, all around. This gospel shall be preached, the Bible says. And then and only shall then the end shall come. I don't know whether that excites you or not. But you know what? I'm looking for rain. I'm looking for rain. And sometimes people buy into this lie. Well, Pastor Mark, who am I? How can I pray? Well, look back at James chapter 5. And I want to follow this through right on through verse 8. James, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. It's getting close, saints. It's getting close. There's going to be a harvest of souls, a harvest of healing, a harvest of people being set free. He's preparing for some big things. So big that we could hardly believe it if we saw it today. Glory to God. How many of you know that any good farmer wants a harvest? We got any farmers in the house? Huh? You want a good harvest? When you sow finances, why don't you believe God for finances? Amen. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Well, God sent Jesus. Jesus, glory to God, gave his life. He was a seed sown, sent from heaven. And the Bible says now that he has been raised from the dead, he's bringing many sons unto glory. Hallelujah. He's bringing us in. He's bringing us in. Awesome. Now, I want to eliminate a lie that Satan uses on people. James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, actually. Notice there was a prophet by the name of Elias. Elias. And the Bible says that Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Everyone say Elias was a man. How many of you know that Pastor Mark's a man? How many of you know Pastor Mark's not a perfect man? How many of you know you're not a perfect man? Just want to set the record straight. I mean, you know, one day Elijah was out there, glory to God, he was running in the spirit, and the next day he's running away from Jezebel. He was just a man, subject to like passions as we are. You know, one day on the mountaintop, another day in a cave, saying, oh God, I'm the only one, I'm the only one. And so Elias, he was a man. But the Bible says that he prayed. See, don't let your manhood or your womanhood or your imperfections in the flesh keep you from praying. Are you listening to me? See, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes tremendous power available, and it will be dynamic in its working. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, whether you know it or not. You can pray effectively whether you're perfect or not. Now, I believe in moving on from glory to glory and becoming more like Jesus every day. Are you listening to me? But don't let your imperfections, I just keep getting this in my spirit. Don't let the imperfections of your flesh hinder you from fellowshipping with God. 
get rid of the sin in your life, glory to God, and move on into the throne of grace and join this movement of prayer. James chapter 5, verse 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. What did he do, though? He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained, not on the earth, by the space of three and a half years. Wow. Verse 18. Notice this with me. And he prayed again. Everyone said he prayed again. See, there are some things that you need to pray again and 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 again. Verily I say unto you again and again and again and again again about. Amen. There's other prayers you just need to pray once. But I tell you what, this prayer of intercession, this praying for rain in the time of the latter rain is something we need to be praying about consistently. He said, and he prayed again. And what gave rain? The heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Listen, I believe this. When you and I pray, heaven will give spiritual rain and the earth will bring forth the fruit that we've been looking for all along. Amen? I believe this. As a good friend of mine said, he said, we need to be praying for a move of prayer. And he said, a move of prayer will bring a move of the reins of the Spirit. And he said, the reins of the Spirit will bring forth the precious fruit of the earth. Now listen very carefully. I have a prayer life, probably not as good as it should be. And I think that, you know, the amen alley, if they were honest, would say, yes, and amen, me too. But I have an individual prayer life. I spend time in prayer. And I believe that prayer is communing with the Father and its fellowship and with the Lord. And I enjoy those times of prayer. I enjoy praying in the Spirit and charging my spirit man up. Amen? I enjoy waiting upon the Lord. Amen? None of us are probably where we should be in the area of prayer. But I've discovered this. In my individual prayer life, I can receive a lot individually. I can be blessed individually. I can receive direction individually. I can receive those things concerning me individually and concerning sometimes others individually. But there are some things that I cannot get and get broken through on individually. I've got to have help. I have to have the corporation. (laughs) I have to have the other people that our prayers come and pray with me so that together we can generate power to get through on something and get the answers on something. You see, Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so thank God for that power. We are all generators of power, but we can only generate so much power individually. But if you'll bring your generator in, and you'll bring your generator in, and you'll bring your generator in, into the house of God, we'll put our generators together. And here's what will happen. One will put a thousand to flight, but two shall chase 10,000 to flight. Are you with me? Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're making good progress today. Man, you're a, you're a smart group. You're quick. You're sharp. You're bright. You're good looking. You're a major blessing. And not only that, you're very rich. Amen. We're making some progress today. This must be the advanced class. Whoa, glory to God. You ought to shout about that. 
I am quick and I'm bright. I'm sharp. Hallelujah. I'm good looking. No matter what the mirror says, I'm good looking. No matter what my pocketbook says, according to the word I'm God, I'm rich. And I am a major blessing. Woo, glory to God. Now thank God for the individual anointing that all of you have. Thank God for the unction that leads you and guides you into all the truth. Thank God for the ability to be led by the Spirit of God. Thank God that we are all individual temples of the Holy Ghost. But did you know what? Just as we are individuals, temples of the Holy Ghost, corporately and unitedly, we make up one great big temple of the Holy Ghost in the midst of the house of God. And awesome things happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice with me in verse 16 of the Amplified Version. We're ready, read, please. Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church in the Bay Area, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you. Now notice, to be at home in you collectively and as a church individually. Think about that. He's at home in us individually, but when we come together, He's at home within us corporately. And so I believe this, that we're in this time of the latter rain. And I believe that we have a requirement of the head of the church to come together and consistently ask of God for rain in the time of the latter rain. Fully expecting answers to our prayer. And then when the rain starts falling, somebody says, what do we do then? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. To be honest with you, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I mean, this place could get so full of the glory of God that people be lined up, glory to God, all the way down to Winton just to get in to see what's happening. Listen, how many of you, how many of you know the world likes unusual things? Why do they go to freak shows? They like the unusual. Oh, they'll be lined up, glory to God, trying to get in temples, trying to get in places where the glory of God and the presence of God does reside. Pastor Mark, what are you going to do? How are you going to regulate that? I'm not. I figure this. God starts it. He can finish it. I said, I figure this. If God starts it, he can finish it. Put it this way. No man's going to get the glory for the glory. (laughs) We're all temples of glory, but temples of glory are going to give the God of glory all of the glory. And we're going to let the God of glory do exactly what he wants to do. You see, we get in our way and try to regulate the glory of God. We get in the way and try to figure out how God's going to move. We're going to miss it. But the Bible says, as truly as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God. There was a day where Jesus' good friend Lazarus died. And his sisters wanted him to come and to raise him from the dead. He died. And he shows up. And they said, Master, we called you a few days ago. Where you been? Thomas paraphrased. And he said, said I not unto you that if you would believe that you would see the glory of the Lord? In other words, I am the manifest presence of the glory of God here. Come to raise Lazarus from the dead. Will you just believe that? 
And they got over on the AM channel and they said, but Master, surely he stinketh by now. I mean, as if he didn't stink, it would be any easier to raise him from the dead. Come on. And the Bible says Jesus wept. And people say, well, oh, how he loved him. Well, he might have been weeping because he loved him, but he might have been weeping because of their unbelief. I don't know. But nonetheless, he wept. He wept. And the point I'm getting to you is this, is Jesus said, I said to you, if you would simply believe. You see, our part in the rain is to ask for it. His part is to send it. Our part is to have faith for the glory. His part is to manifest it. Our part is to cooperate with him once the heavy rain starts falling and not get in the way and let Yahweh be Yahweh. Somebody says, well, what does it look like? All I know is the Holy Spirit. All I know, it's a heavy manifestation of the Spirit of God. It's not manufactured by Mark Thomas Evangelistic Association. It's not manifested. It may be manifest through Rhema Bible Training Center, but it's not manufactured by Rhema Bible Training Center. It's not manufactured by the First Baptist. But it can happen in the First Baptist if the First Baptist will get hungry and if we'll just all get out of the way and let God be God. I'll tell you what, I'm hungry for a move of God. I'm hungry for the presence of God. I'm hungry, glory to God. And I believe this, I believe we're this close. Now don't misunderstand me. We're on fire here and we've seen the fire. But what prayer does is prayer adds to the fuel of the fire that's already burning. And what faith does, it adds expectancy to what the scriptures say. And you're mixing faith with it. And you're believing to see the goodness of God and the glory of God show up in the land of our lives. Amen. Say it with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said in your word to ask for the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Today we ask. For the heavy rains in the realm of the spirit, we believe that we are in that third day and that after two days, you said that you would revive us. Thank you for reviving my life. Thank you for sending the rain, the heavy rains. May your glory be in manifestation in my life. In my family, in my church, in my Bay Area, and in the United States. May your glory fall over all the earth. I am expecting, I am believing to see the glory of the Lord in my life. He said, said I not unto you, if you would believe. How many of you need God's glory in your life? How many of you want the presence of God in your marriage? How many of you want the manifest presence of God on the job? Oh, glory to God. I believe when the glory shows up in your life, it'll make things that were once difficult much, much easier. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, I know this for a fact. 
Because I've been in long meetings. I've been in long evangelistic meetings. And I've been in, 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 in meetings where it just, you know, it was, it was good. The preaching was good. People were saved. But it just wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it was good. And we need, need to have meetings like that. But it just wasn't it. It wasn't it. I long for it. And here's what happens. When you start operating in the flesh and you try to manufacture this stuff, people get worn out. You know, when you say, bless God, we're going to have a move of prayer. We're going to have a spirit of prayer. Everybody here at 5 a.m. Who said that? The pastor or the Lord? If the pastor said it, it's going to be like this. But if the Lord says it, then it's another thing. Now listen, whenever the Lord builds the house, they that labor don't labor in vain to build it. Whenever God is involved in a business, whenever God is involved in a relationship, understand this, that there will be a spirit of sweatlessness. (laughs) That's not a word. But you see, there's too much pulling and too much pushing. There's too much flesh when it comes to these things. And I'll to be honest with you, I've been in some of those meetings where at the end of a week or two weeks, I flat was worn out. I thought we were supposed to be revived. You know, what, what's the pastor been eating for lunch? Are you sure you heard from heaven? Come on, let's be honest about it. But oh, when the real McCoy comes, there will be a service in the house of God that will be done with gladness. And there will be people that will be rejoicing and they will rejoice in the Lord. And listen what it will do. It will strengthen them and it will supersede the tiredness and the works of the flesh. And there will be the presence of God dwelling among us. I long for that day. I've yet to see it. But I'm believing for it. How many of you will believe with me and believe alongside of us? Amen. Say with me, Lord, send the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain. So why are you talking about it? Why are you preaching this? Because I'm expecting it. See, I've learned this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Listen, if you never preach on salvation, guess what? Nobody's going to be saved. Well, Pastor Mark, I ain't seen anybody healed in our church for 50 years. When's the last time you heard a message on healing? We never have. Hello? See, faith for healing comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. You know why we had such a uh, deluge of the Holy Spirit and people being filled on Pentecost Sunday? You know why? It wasn't because of Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda, others people that taught. It was because the Word went forth. And faith came. And people saw it. You know what? This is a gift for me. And 70 people came to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to be recharged or refilled. with it. Well, glory to God. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Somebody says, well, you know, this was a good message today, Pastor, but I need something that will stick to my ribs. Listen, friends, this will stick to your ribs. This will help you in your midnight hour. Why? Because the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He is the Spirit of glory. He is the Spirit of God. And He'll quicken your body. And He will help you in your life. I love this scripture. As truly as I live, the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of God. Let me give you a couple more. You don't need to turn there. 
But Psalm 72, 18 and 19 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who only does wonderful things. And the rest of the verse says, And blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Let the whole earth. Let Washington, D.C., Listen, if the Democrats, or the Republicans for that matter, think that mudslinging and putting the other person down is going to do anything for their election, they're seriously wrong. Except the Lord builds this house. Let the rain fall in the Oval Offices. Let the rain fall in the chambers of the Supreme Court. God, let it fall. A good friend of mine was just in Washington, D.C. If you were here Wednesday night, you heard it, but it bears repetition. Pastors a great church down in Ocala, Florida. And he brought his children and his wife to Washington, D.C. It's a great place to go. How many of you have been to D.C.? I'm telling you, it's an awesome place to go and to visit and to see all the wonderful things there. It's amazing. And he said, I know that the Holy Spirit was going to nudge me at the right time when we should pray for this nation. Well, they're standing out there and they're holding hands and they're looking at the state capitol. And the Holy Spirit nudged Pastor Tim. He said, pray now. And he said, this is exactly what he prayed. And I believe anyone can pray this prayer. You don't have to be fluent in tongues to ask for rain. You don't have to be some super-duper faster, fasting 40 days and 40 nights to ask God to send His power. Come on! Who does that anyway? Hungry people do. So they're holding hands and the Holy Spirit nudges him. Look for those nudgings of the Holy Spirit. In a, in a movement in prayer, there will be cues of the Holy Spirit that will say, time to pray. And I don't care if it's before I preach, after I preach, or during I preach. If the Holy Spirit falls and the Spirit of prayer falls, it's time to pray. They're holding hands and he says, okay, it's time to pray. And here's what he prayed, a very simple prayer, and you can pray this. No matter what your belief is politically, and I'm not here, I cannot and will not uh, push one political person over another. That's not my place. But my place is to get you to pray. And as you pray, you'll know what to do. You'll know which way to go. Are you listening to me? So they're praying. And you can pray this. He prayed just a simple prayer. You know, I'm going to tell you what it is in just a minute. Relax. Just Relax. Yeah, but I, I got I to gotta go, I got to go, I got to go. You have to ask yourself sometimes, when you get that got to go in your head, what are you leaving to go to? What are you leaving to go to? Are you leaving the presence of God to go to a sandwich? Isn't that right? That sandwich will hold. Believe me, Taco Bell is going to be open at 2 o'clock.
Jesus. Simple prayer. God answers simple prayers. Simple prayers from the heart. From a heart that has been in fellowship with Him. From a heart that is in communication with the Father of all hearts, the Father of all spirits. So as you commune with Him and He communes with you, you will be able to pick up on those cues and those things He would have you to pray and to say. For the Master said, I do only those things that I see my Father doing. I only speak what I hear my Father speak. So come close to me, says the Lord, and I will put in you the ability to see what I'm saying and to know what I'm doing. And I will cue you and anoint you and direct you in your prayer life on what to say and what to pray. Hallelujah. 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 And so vredishta bakongledistafaya. So remove the weights and the distractions that would weigh you down. Yea, spend more time at my feet. Spend more time just waiting upon me. And from that place shall flow great, great direction and words of my grace. Hallelujah. And so you'll get direction for your own life, but I will also direct you in what to pray and how to pray for your family, for your nation, for your pastors, and for the area in which you live. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen. So he says, come close to me and I'll come close to you. It's not hard, guys. It's not hard. It means putting some things away. Amen. It means turning off the boob tube sometimes. Amen. Oh, Jesus. So, they're there in Washington, D.C. Remember that? And uh, the Holy Spirit nudges him. He's picking up on a cue from the Lord. He says, pray now. He says, okay, we're going to pray. And here's a simple prayer that he prayed. Lord God, help the people in that building, the Capitol building. Help them to find the will of God. And then, Lord, help them to do the will of God. That's like praying, Lord, thy kingdom come. Your will be done in Washington, D.C. Obviously, there are people in positions of authority that don't know the will of God. Hello? And if you don't know the will of God, how can you do the will of God? So help them to know it. Help them to find it. And then help them to do it. In closing, let's pray that prayer. Just bow your head right now and say, Father God, I pray right now for Washington, D.C., for those that are in authority. Help them to find the will of God. And in finding the will of God, help them to do the will of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, we believe it, We receive it. We declare your glory is in this place today. And it removes all barriers in Jesus' name.